0: What's going on, everybody? This is your man, DJ Kawan. Appreciate you guys rocking with us. We all got the same 24 hours in the the day, man. So the fact that you're going to spend this next hour here with me listening to this podcast, I really appreciate it. This is season two of the Mixtape Show, Interviews with Legends podcast. We we rebranded our podcast this uh, year, and um, we're going to definitely be having some dope legends that's going to be dropping by. And uh, we got we got the legend kicking off uh, this season. He goes by the name of Pudgy, the fat bastard. For all those who know me, they know I'm a big fan of the '90s hip hop scene, man. And Pudgy was definitely one of the front runners uh, of that scene. He's worked with everybody from Left Eye to Tupac to Biggie. You know what I'm saying? Just a lot of dope dope people in his in his resume. Roxanne Shantae. and he's gonna definitely give us some um, some jewels during this interview about you know his experiences with working with these artists and some dope stories that he tells and he's also going to talk about the new music that he has man so what better way to start the new season of the mixtape show interviews podcast with legends with the homie pudgy the fat bastard man so hopefully you guys enjoy this and once again i appreciate you rocking with us this is a new venture that we're going to do and hopefully you guys enjoy these interviews with these legends man they're going to let us in this inside their world so sit back enjoy let's go
1: fire on kawan J.
0: all right welcome back this is season two of the mixtape show interviews with legends man and as you guys know we're gonna give our legends they flowers while they here you know what I'm saying we're gonna we're gonna give them the space to talk about what they got going on we're gonna talk about how they got here you know what I'm saying we talk about everything from beginning to middle to end and uh kicking off season two episode one man I got the honor and privilege right now to talk to one of the one of the guys I grew up Rocking with you know what I'm saying if you guys grew up know me 90s hip hop is my 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 love my passion, and if you remember those 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 videos man we used on the block you know what I'm saying and they had the crew in the background or if they had that hype Williams look to it man this this is one of the artists that definitely did his thing man he goes by the name of Pudgy the Fat Bastard uh, we played some of his music on the mixtape show and he's here live here on our on our podcast man and then first and foremost my brother thank you for doing this man and and welcome man welcome
2: nah thank you for having me it's just- official
0: here absolutely absolutely man so uh quick background man when I was coming up like I said I I grew up in the you know 90s hip-hop and mom dukes always used to come in the crib in the room and you know how it is they catch you listening to something and they the first thing they listen for is the words right and so uh (laughs) 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 you know what I'm saying so the first thing was oh what did he just say and you know you gotta you know tell him what about well who's that Oh, his name is Pudgy the Fat Bastard. So that was was Stripe 2, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's a little bit different now when you listen to the music because the kids really ain't saying much, you know what I mean? Let's
2: let's talk about that,
0: though. You know what I mean? But um, before we do all of that, Pudgy the Fat Bastard, man, how about we do this, man? Um, When you was coming up, growing up as a shorty and everything, what what was your soundtrack coming up in the house, man? Who did you listen to? And what was your your family listening to that you grew up with?
2: Shout out to your mother. All right. Shout out that she gave you a household where you can play my music.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, um my soundtrack now or my soundtrack then?
0: Young Young Pudge, Young Pudgey.
2: Oh, Young Pudge, man. He listened to see my parents didn't really, they they didn't really, how can I say, they didn't really audit my music. Mm-hmm. So I was able to listen to whatever I wanted to. My father brought home the first, you know the Sugar Hill Gang record. He was like an unofficial DJ. Like he had everything. He built speakers. He had the turntables, mm-hmm. He had the reel reels, but he worked for transit because he mm-hmm. had cases. You feel me? Yeah. But he had a room that nobody could go in, but I was just <laughs> yeah. rocking with the records, right? Yes, yeah. so yeah. he brought I remember we were living in, in 910 Grand Concourse in the Bronx and he brought home the Sugar Hill Gang record. He was like, check this out. He was a check this out type of dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I fell in love with, I guess, the fact that they could express themselves by talking on music,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I can remember feeling mystified. That's the mm-hmm. word I use. I can yeah. re- remember feel. Plus, there were voices, urban voices, right? Mm-hmm. Before that. I wasn't hearing urban voices. You know, my father listened to Richard Pryor on, you know, Eddie Murphy's and stuff like that. But I wasn't into I I really like a lot of cursing, ironically.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> when I heard comedians, I just wanted you to be funny without, you know, expletives. So I wasn't really like, ooh, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I knew they were voices from where we were from. Mm-hmm. So um, when I heard the Sugar Hill Gang, It sounded like somebody from the neighborhood. Yeah, they sounded older. They sounded like big brothers, but they sounded like somebody who could be from around the corner. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about music that you was kind of dancing to because your parents played it anyway.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: They were rapping over disco type music. So uh, that started everything. But when I really became in control and took possession of playing my own music at about... 10, 11, 12, 13, it was UTFO
1: mm.
2: and Roxanne Shantae that really set it, set it off for me because they was talking real spicy on the records. And that's how you are in the hood. You know, you getting at people you're like, oh, your mother, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. fat, you know, like, oh, why your mother bald-headed, you know? So when you hear someone on a record, again, an urban voice bringing the same type of culture and behavior that you have, you know, playing the dozens as they called our parents called it, right? Mm-hmm. And snapping as we called it. When you heard it on hit on on music, in a hip hop form, we didn't know that's what it was at the time. We were like, "This is fire!" Yeah, I wanted to do that. I knew that I could talk real disrespectful. Yeah, and I wanted to put it to some rhythms and cadences and to some stanzas and make people pay attention to it. Yeah. And so my goal at that point after I heard them was to end up on a Mr. Magic show, mm. to end up with them voices. You know, we didn't have the ability to want gold chains and stuff. We wanted just to be on the radio. Yeah. But that's what I wanted. And I think after them, you know, it was the... First of all, we went through the whole stretch of the the, the Roxanne Revenge, Roxanne's brother, Roxanne's family, mm-hmm. and cousin, <laughs> <girl> Roxanne. <laughs> So after we got to that phase,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, with an old Veronica, oh, Veronica, Veronica, yeah, over, you know, and and and, and um the the joint the um David D, you are the best, you know. It was just going great, like, and for some for me, for some weird reason, the percussion, the instrumentation was growing more aggressive in mm-hmm. frequencies and in pulse. You just felt like you wanted to be outside of your house when you were listening to this.
1: Mm.
2: So, you know, that I guess that's what linked itself to the park gyms. It just created this whole ambiance that you didn't even know was happening. It was a space that we existed in because the music itself created this umbrella that you wanted to party under. Mm. So um I wasn't allowed to go to those parties. So I, I never attended
1: yeah.
2: um, if you're, a, if you're a <laughs> uh you know park jams and beach street and everything just happening and busy being kumo d and you know were they styles i wanted to mimic no because some of the voices started to sound too grandfather ish og right yeah but the voices got younger the voices began to get if they were if they sounded 35 they started to sound 25 and after that they started to sound 16.
1: Mm. Hmm.
2: And for me, Cool G rap man, uh, Lati from the Flavor Unit, uh, Chill Rob G, then Latifah, like these tones. Where the people, the, the girl I'm talking to on the phone, she got the same voice as Latifah. Like,
1: yeah,
2: it's a rap. It's it's like a hood chick voice, but over music. It yeah. became tangible for us. It became super relatable. So for me, those are the people that, you know, anything on Wild Pitch records, anything on Tommy Boy records, if you saw that imprint, I wanted to hear that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah.
2: like in my father's collection, the Ohio play, the Ohio players, they just never left. Earth, Wind, and Fire, some of those things, when you heard them, you was like, what are these people doing in their sessions? They creating crack.
1: Yeah.
2: i <laughs> my crackheads.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, and 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 it was addictive and it, it was growing in in energy. Mm-hmm. It kept, you know, it, it started out to be this I don't even want to call it underground thing. It started out to be this niche thing that only a few people understood, knew about, and then it spread like COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Now you you came up in, in the Bronx, I came up in Queens, um looked the same but still looked a little different as far as you know what I'm saying? To the point where today, even today, sometimes people don't want to go to the Bronx. That's from New York. <laughs> yeah. So
2: let me, let me dial it back. I yeah. came up in Harlem.
0: Harlem, oh, okay.
2: We moved to the Bronx. No, you're right. Yeah. And we moved to the Bronx. Shout out to the modern school. I went to school in Harlem. Um, my family lived there. And when I did my first video, even though I had moved to the Bronx, I came back to Harlem. To Bronx. Harlem. Even though we were there every day, partying, driving around. Uh-huh. It was time to do the work.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and, and pay respect to what, what feels made me the dude I was. And that made me want to talk about the things I wanted to talk about. That was Harlem and then the Bronx. Yeah. Together, you know, some of us we still think of it as one place. You know saying? Yeah. A tiny little bridge and you Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Um
0: and for those that can see this interview right now, I, I always say this too, not to cut you off, Harlem to me is the fashion capital of the world. I've always said that coming up, that a lot of fashion that, that people copy comes out of Harlem. Yeah. You know what I'm okay. saying? A lot of the swag comes from Harlem, you know?
2: You know, and, and Sugar Jay, you know, people yeah. that are, are are style incarnate, man, mm-hmm. and leaders of, of the trend. Because, you know, sometimes you think, Italy, you know, we look at some of the things that people praise, some of the fashion brands and they're from Italy, you know, they may be from China, Mm -hmm. but they're from these places that seem far away. So when you find people that have harnessed and mastered that craft and they live down the block or they live next to the bodega that you're going to get your food from, Mm -hmm. it makes it tangible. Yeah. Like, yo, somebody could do that. They live right down the block
0: fire absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely so so what's the song on the radio when you first heard what we call hip-hop now what was that song to you that was like oh snap that's what i want that's what it is you know what i'm saying that's 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 that feeling i want it
2: was
0: um roxanne's revenge roxanne's revenge yeah so that that, that slick talk you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i mean
2: yeah shout out to roxanne i'm yeah i'm, I'm always going to give her yeah, that that credit, um, that talk back, that, that talk that, yeah, that that Parks disrespectfulness. Mm-hmm. That you're not you're not gonna get one on me. You say something slick, and then I eviscerate you with mm-hmm. one word. And they're like, oh, it's, it's <laughs> still like a comedian, right? So yeah, so shout out shout out to that whole era again because it it did something big for me. It, it sparked something. That that brought the idea of what I did not know later I would be a battle rapper. It just sparked yeah, competitive see. nature. Um,
1: see, see, it, you,
2: it, it brought that component to
0: the you, point. you. You you're taking me there already. You are already going in the direction I was going. I was going to say so after you heard Roxanne on the radio before you know doing this thing. Um, that's a career. Uh, that that was your lane was the, the battle rapping and 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 you know well uh, actually back then that's the only way you really could get on. There was no. Just making records and then you sign. You kind of had to prove yourself, you know what I'm saying? Go from burrow to burrow to burdo, burrow to burrow, and, and prove who you are. You know what I mean?
2: So you said it. For me, um, I wasn't there yet. I was still grabbing cassettes and listening to who knew was coming out. You know, mm-hmm. I can always pinpoint the errors, but records that stuck out to me like Super Lover scene, Casting over Rudd. Uh, uh JVC for Strong Island joint, which was like, wow. Um those records sonically, they just brought something to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They brought the idea that you were gonna hear this song blasting out of a window, out of the the the, the drug dealers BM. They brought that and that's you know where we end up aspiring to be it came to a point where I was writing rhymes, but I didn't want to be on the radio anymore. I wanted to be in the drug dealer's car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in the clubs. I wanted to be in the drug dealer's car because that was the biggest promo machine in the hood. Yeah, If you had an MCM BMW or Gucci BMW and your song wasn't in that car, you was trash. (laughs)
1: So,
2: um, um, I was writing, 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 and it wasn't until maybe when, when I ran into, uh, you know, I was writing for so many people in the background by the time I got discovered. You know mm-hmm. what I'm i was battling people at Skate Key, rhyming for anyone who would listen. Um, I met Premier and them. I ran up on them. was like, what up? I mm-hmm. rap. You ready? Let's go. Yeah. And then, again, Wild Pitch Records. As soon as I saw you, like I saw your label and I knew your name. I was looking for you in the yeah. street. Wherever you was at, I was like, "What up? I rap. I'm fire. Take a second. Listen to what you need. This is greatness." Blah blah blah.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So that that's 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 the to me that's the footwork I had to do. It was no run up in the label. We didn't have home studios. We mm-hmm. didn't have studios. There was no way to be basically record yourself. You're too young to get in the club and run up on a rapper because I was too young.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: The whole generation before me, you know, the Sweet Cheese and the Roxanne Chante's and the Juice Crew, they were before me because I was younger than them. So I wasn't old enough to get into some of those up there that I just could, you know, fantasize and hope I saw them in the street. Yeah. Uh, it didn't, I ended up writing for the ghetto girls. <clears throat> excuse me, um, a group that did a remake of My Minds Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. They called My mm-hmm. Minds Playing Tricks on Me. I ended up writing a lot of join and their album. And then one of the girls that knew them, Essence, shout out to her. She's since left us. Um, God bless her. She was getting signed to Grandmaster Flash. And she was like, nah, you fire, I gotta bring you the flash. She brought me Grandmaster Flash. He ended up getting me to write for, we did some demos and he ended up getting me to write for Roxanne Shantae. I wrote two joints for her, one of them which made the album because she actually already so many songs, on the Bitches Back album, um, Money and Everything is a song that's on there. and. and it was another oh gotta be free gotta gotta be free is the joint that made the album money and everything's the joint I wanted to make the album. Uh, well,
0: so, well, what was that full? Was that a full full circle moment for you?
2: Or from from I I, heard, I
0: hear you on the radio to now I'm sitting in the studio with you, collabing with you.
2: Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, full disclosure, man. They say don't meet your heroes. It wasn't the most pleasurable experience.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But I felt accomplished. Yeah. Um, I didn't make the bag from it. Uh, but I worked with Roxanne Chante. And yeah. that's, you know, where my mind started. And I was able to put a cap on that and be like, all right, job well done. Move on to do what you're supposed to be doing.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: so <clears throat> did that. And then I went and just started rhyming everywhere. And my cousin um, took me to Clue. And Clue was just starting to do his mixtape thing, and he was working in Foot Locker or Foot Action, one of them joints in Queens Mall. We went, we talked, and then we just started doing tapes. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy like police officers, everybody was walking up to me because my cousins, shout out to Lenny S. and Burke
1: mm-hmm.
2: <coughs> Basin, they Went around and took my logo that I had my man draw and was putting it up on trains, on stickers from from um, stickers that they had stole from their job from their mailroom job. They made, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they believed, you know what I'm saying? They believed and they did that. And, and next thing you know, police officers were like, "You pudgy the fat bastard?" Mm-hmm. Like, oh. And the clue tapes was making it was making its rounds. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of tapes. It was going down south. It was going everywhere. He was a hustler. I ain't going to even say nothing opposite that. He was
1: a hustler.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right and for, for and for the listeners out there who who may didn't live in that era, the mixtape DJ was literally your, your 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 door to get into a lot of spots. You know what I'm saying? You you were rock with the hottest DJ. It could be a freestyle or whatever. Just you just needed to be on that tape because you know that DJ was going to work that mixtape and that was going to get you into a lot of doors before the artist can actually get there. And Clue was a beast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember copping Clue tapes on Jamaica Avenue like crazy with all my little lunch money from school. I would save up for the week and all that. <laughs>
2: Let me tell you what. Where, where Clue made it at. Clue made it when he was getting song, unreleased songs from people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. his tapes were going crazy because people was, they had never heard the song. Yeah. So one night, he got a song from Biggie. I ain't know about that. And Biggie <laughs> called me. Biggie was like, yo, so with your boy Clue. And I put them on the three way.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Let's just say it sounded like a Biggie song happening in real time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
2: um, it sounded like warning.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And um it was to me, it was kind of. I understood where Biggie was coming from, but I mm-hmm. felt like Clue definitely gave people pre-promotion, if you will.
1: Yeah, you yeah.
2: can't pay for that grassroots. You know, a street team is going to have to work three times as hard as Clue would have because his tapes was popping at the time. He mm-hmm. put a song on the tape for you. You, it, it was going to get some. It was going to get heard.
1: Mm-hmm. It was going
2: to be in the drug dealer's BMW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um. It was a little off-putting because Biggie was going extra hard. It it involved the words gunplay. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, um, you know, Clue was not very happy.
1: Yeah.
2: But, you know, it was brilliant what he did. It was brilliant what he did as, you know, for all of us, P. Dap, and all of us who got on his mixtapes. I don't even think he knew what he was doing. It was just his hustle. Mm-hmm. Culturally, I don't know that he understood that he helped to build a lot of houses, mm-hmm. and that was a an aha moment for me as a vehicle because I was just doing it because me and Clue was tight at that point. Anything mm-hmm. he asked me to do, I was like, "Oh, you need me to come freestyle?" He would come get me, take me out to Queens. We re- we re- do the shit. He bring me back. It was it was it was a hip hop hustle yeah and we didn't know why we were doing it. it was just yo do the intro on my tape i'm dropping another tape i'm like all right i wrote a going yeah. come give me like <laughs> it's not like yo we're gonna put this out and then we're gonna have ten thousand followers because there was none of that
1: yeah see? yeah
2: so excuse me so you know to be a part of such historical genius for me is the biggest part of my journey um I was there when he was fiending to get a CD press so he could be the first DJ to put the music on a CD. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Clue was, he ain't even know, man. I mean, he said it, but I still don't think, you know, he was trying to be ahead of the curve, Mm -hmm. whether it was dropping your new joint or dropping a new mixtape. He was definitely brilliant in that way. And I was a part of that vehicle. Yeah, had no idea. You know, people super valued my intro. Like he even said, "Yo, people like they missed you on that last tape. We gotta put you on the next tape." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It part yeah. glad to be a part of that that time in hip hop, man. got yeah. that, that 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 was yeah brilliant. That's hey,
0: that's why we got you here, man. Legendary things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> now, now I know you mentioned Biggie earlier, man, and and you you worked with and wrote for and wrote with just so many names man in the industry of people who some people that I saw the list and I was like I didn't even know that you know what I'm saying because again I was a fan back then so I didn't really think about that back in the day but now that I see it I'm just like I can hear it <laughs> you know what I'm saying I can but the, the patterns you don't know say I can hear it now as far as how you were back there man so um how, how was that when you were it was that back then was that just work for you at the time you just trying to get on and trying to build that resume the
2: only time it was like that was the Ghetto Girls and Roxanne, mm-hmm. uh I saw it. I saw it as a vehicle. I didn't really see it as yeah the fun uh, that I wanted to always be for myself. Yeah, and like when I worked with like even all went about because I so let me take you in steps. So Biggie and I did a song with Red Bandit. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on it. The song's called Nine Dog MCs. it's on YouTube. Red Bandit called us to the Positive Case Studio. Everybody was on the song. Grandma, yeah. my, my God Brother Snag push. Everybody was on the joint. It was fire. Uh, it didn't get a video. It didn't. Biggie was on the song. I'm, which is why I'm even in, you know introducing that. Mm-hmm. Biggie was on the song. And I think people didn't get to, in, to enjoy that because it didn't have a video at that time. It needed video, music, box. It needed the circuit to feel it. Mm-hmm. And I did a song with the old East Clip with my man um, Madman Sean and everybody. And I clicked in Brooklyn. And I just posted that on my on my Instagram. And it's an old joint. And that joint was was going crazy. But when I started really being called to write for stuff, um, I think the the best feeling was when I worked with. Two things, when I worked with Left Eye, because I had known mm-hmm. Left Eye for Tupac
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I were very, very close as friends, and they were close, growing up together and everything. Uh, he had passed, I didn't want to do music anymore. Mm. And I just, you know, so many people were dying in the business, it didn't feel fun anymore. And I was like, eh, so. Uh, Mark Pitts had reached out to me and he told me that Left Eye it's funny I asked Max Goose he's the person who signed me to Warner Brothers right I had asked him was there any room on Left Eye's album he told me no Mark Pitts called me and I ended up writing five songs on Left Eye's album so (laughs) I don't no room a lot of room but this is how God works yeah so her Supernova album came. I did five joints for her. She We came to New York and she was like, yo, when I come back, we're going to do some more songs. She left and she went to Honduras mm-hmm. and, you know, that part. So the album came out. So, I, you know, I did a bunch of joints. on there. I'm even on the joint. Hot, you know. I'm like, oh left eye, what's happening? Everybody wanna know where the hell you've been. Oh left eye, teachers, children, mothers, and thugs. Everyone knows this. Left eye. Y'all just, mm-hmm. That was hard. That was hard. So um we had mad, mad, mad mad fun. Uh she also did one of the things that I hate when people do. <clears throat> I had she was like, listen, we was in a in a car. In a Ford Excursion and she was like we in LA. She's like yo I got the, the vocals from Pac's mother coming tomorrow
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm gonna let you write my part so that you and Pac get to be together as brothers again you know, one, one last time mm-hmm. so I write the joint we're in the studio doing other joints. We had done Black Party in New York. We was doing the other records here with Rock Wilder and all that. We did Hot with Rock Wilder And we out there, she gets the vocals, we go in the studio, first we go meet with Pharrell. In the Pharrell session, apparently, this high came back that he didn't think she was dope. So she was very hurt by that. So we sat in the room with Pharrell and nothing happened. Mm. So we went the next day to do the, she was, she was, she was hot.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Mentally, it was like, you know, depleting and and, and and debilitating to think that somebody you really want to work with doesn't think your talent is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and no disrespect to her. We like who we like, but she was very affected by that. So, to make up for it, we went the next day to work on the pop joint. And I, I laid the vocals, uh, everybody was going crazy. You know, I, And I'm New York, so it's gonna be a New York flow. Mm -hmm. And um, this, yo, it was so fire, bro. Like, even now, the joints called Untouchable and and how I had her spitting. If you listen to Hot on her Supernova album, Mm -hmm. you're gonna hear my influence.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That ain't
2: left out. So I did the same thing for On This Joint. This joint would have been so big because I was like, look at how you found me, looking around me, my enemies and my friends. Yo, this shit was fire. Yeah, yeah. They heard it. They, everybody said, like, woo! We all go home to the <laughs> Mondrian Hotel in LA. And she don't tell me she's going back to lay it the next day. And I'm in my hotel room. And then she calls me later on. i like, oh, I did it. I did it. I'm like, all right, where's that? Mm-hmm. I'm sure how much you have? Much you? They didn't give me the boggles back, bro. I listened to it, bro, and she did that flow that I hate. I didn't know that. I was yeah. like, "This is not waterfalls." I'm pissed, right? So when you listen to Untouchable featuring Tupac, yeah. I'm
1: pissed.
2: Yeah. Anybody who go listen to that on on um YouTube, uh-huh. I'm pissed. Yeah. So the "I Believe in Me" song I did on there. Shout out, shout out to my man Terrence Dudley, he produced that. The "I Believe in Me" joint, I feel like she 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 killed that. But that was a dope experience for me. But it also let me know that I see why some people who write joints for people must be in the studio and be going ham. Like I ain't say it like that. Say yeah. it over. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, so because. It's a make it or break it, bro. Like yeah. the full fight. What are you doing? Let him Let No, <laughs> no. I shout out to left out. Oh, I loved her. Cause they love that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then the next fight thing that happened, I got a little twisted when she passed away because yeah. we had dope experiences. She was wilding out in the studio and Rick, Rick Rock talking about how homeless people should be able to sleep on the train, and they argued. and I'm talking about coming to blows almost. Yeah, yeah. So, because she's passionate, right? And then, so working on it was fire. So coming off that high, I was like, oh, maybe I can start working on music again, maybe, kind of, sort of. And then, you know, of course, Biggie died, she died. And I was like, yo, bye, music business, y'all trash. So then my man, Nick Wiz, and Moo Brown, they called me, and they wanted me to work with Rock Yeah. Now let's be clear, because I see people getting confused. The God Rakim, writes all of his lyrics,
1: mm-hmm.
2: all of his verses. And you know me, I can't talk about um the myth and physical morical to the, yeah. the, the seven seal when the, that ain't me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna write that for you. So he definitely writes his own joints. He knows the ledge and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. So but I wrote the choruses, and um, he called me to perform at Highline Ballroom. So we did those, I did five songs with him, four under my government name, um, Tracy Horton, which is on his seventh seal album. Cause I didn't want to do music at that point. Yeah. So I didn't want nobody to know it was the the Fat Bass. I was like, I don't want no parts. You want me, just put my government and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was like, so much that the joint Walk These Streets that I'm on where he and Maino if you go look at the video on YouTube, I am not in that video.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to. No, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Send a call. If not, I ain't coming. Yeah. So, you know, now, that, now listen, that's the God MC. It ain't about him. But sometimes how you feel about your art and where you are in life doesn't meet your collaborations and doesn't meet your timeline of working with other people in, mm-hmm. a, in a way that's going to create the spontaneous combustion that you're looking for but those are probably two of the best times um the bread was right in both of those instances mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the talents were huge and to be associated with talents that I wanted to be rock him in the beginning in the beginning you know that that's that was my first rap voice
1: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. see effect coming correct with respect I received of an MC cassette. now believers believe I was MC effect back then yes, and I know. was I wanted to be rock I was rock Lil' little son yeah that hey, I, it was okay. <laughs> right. but to work was you know again the Roxanne Shante, Rock Kim,
1: mm-hmm.
2: all that was super valid. Um, yeah. and I skipped a lot along the way. I you know I skipped my brothers um Nas and Akinelli, that, you know, that was part of part of my 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 home and Lord finesse. Mm-hmm. I knock and I were on the Nas and Ock and I were on the phone every night, right going back and forth, spitting. And then Lady of Rage, you know what I'm saying? When she lived here, when she was rocking, rocking. Yeah. When you, and I, I, somebody asked me today, um, when I was at Umbrella Studios with my man Cover, shout out to Clean Up Dirty Music, they were just asking, you know, what was it like back then? And I'm like, listen, if you spit, you were gonna know everybody. In New York, you just, if you fire, somebody's gonna say, yo, my man over there is fire. Let that nigga come through to the studio. And You gonna somehow be in a room the next, the best thing. Yeah, you
1: don't
2: even know. It. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Um, yeah, so they even came with me to register for college. You know what I'm saying? Like they wasn't registering, but it was like we gonna go because my mother was like, Yeah, I know you want to be a rapper, but you're <laughs> going to stay in my house. You're <laughs> mm-hmm. going to take yourself to a college. Yep. And register.
0: We all, <laughs> yeah, like, we all go through that, bro. i, bro, I my mom be-
2: said it. no bro, <laughs> my mom said I can't be here, bro. <laughs> And so Nas and Akinelli got in the train with me and we went to Mars Community College. Yeah. Which I did not graduate from, but I got a degree from later and then got a degree from Lehman. But yeah. they came with me, waded through the whole lines. Shout out to Nas and Ak yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for being
0: supporters of
1: education.
0: So, how, how do you feel when you see the Nas's and, and, and those, those, those guys, Buster's, um, where they at now in their career? Where they're still putting out valid music and they're businessmen now, right? They're they're creating jobs, they're creating wealth for themselves, they're creating wealth for their kids, and the message is still pretty much the same. They didn't veer off to how it was at the beginning. How does that make you feel as one of those type of artists too? Where the message hasn't changed much to, and you're still putting out quality product.
2: Uh, first of all, shout out to Nas because this new album he just dropped is, What I liked about it is he took a chance on himself, and I know mm-hmm. him, so to take a chance on himself and, and do flows that is now, deviate from who he is and incorporate that. That's, that's a big step. It says a lot about his passion mm-hmm. to be present in hip hop. Uh, how do I feel? I feel like, I feel blessed to know these people who have the, the talent, the tenacity, the passion, the commitment. And the un- un- uninterrupted vibe for hip hop, you know that everyone doesn't get that. Everyone mm-hmm. doesn't get to not have life take over, or not have family take over, or not have their own feeling about their feelings mm-hmm. take over and say, "I don't like it no more. I don't want to do it. No- it don't, it don't give me the same vibe." I didn't have that. I walked away from all my deals because I didn't feel. I was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel like I was meeting the expectations I had for myself. And in the beginning, I didn't have any expectations. But once, once Biggie, once Biggie and I did think big, I, I think I was finished because we knew each other from getting on. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? from before, from before, from before we got on. And we will always talk about when we did our record, it's not going to be a Rinky Dick record. Yeah. It's not, I, you know, Salt from salt and Pepper. I worked with her as well. She she said something that's ill to me. You don't just use features just to be using them. It's not like you in the room get on a song. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this a vehicle that's going to take us somewhere because I'm going to gain your fans and you're going to gain my fans? Mm-hmm. And that always stuck with me because if someone's in the room, of course you could give them the second verse, the third verse, they could do the chorus. But is this even a place where their voice should be? Is this even a song anyone's gonna care about? Mm -hmm. Now y'all got 20 things in the universe confusing the fans when if you put out Think Big, like Biggie and I did, and people say, the song you and Big did, That's a big deal. Like when you think of deep cover with Snoop and Dre, that's a big
1: statement. Yeah.
2: I don't want to make songs that are not big statements. Mm -hmm. We know we can record, and now you can record on your phone. Yeah. You can record in your car. Yeah. You can record at your man's house in the garage. You can do all that. But what the fuck did you just record? And I don't know if I can curse, but
0: you can't freedom, freedom, brother, freedom.
2: I I mean, yeah, but you, you know, we adults and we gonna expand our vocabulary, so it's not level <laughs> <laughs> and exploit it. But I'ma say, What the fuck song is you making? Like yeah. you gonna play me. I call them I we don't have the iPod anymore, but I call them iPod rappers. Like yeah. you making a song for your MP3 player, that's cool, bro. Go jog to that shit in the gym. Yeah, but if you making something that the world's going to respond to. And that's why I tell people I got this thing on my team, Trash It or Cash It. Mm-hmm. Because if I got to tell you what I meant behind the song, it's shit. Mm. If, if I got sent it to you with a script on here's what I was thinking when I was writing that beautiful metaphorical <laughs> <beautiful, beautiful, laughs> ensemble of a song that I crafted specifically for yeah. you and the community of listeners, that's bullshit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: the song should come on and I should go, what's that? Play yeah. that again. Yeah, I'm gonna copy. Yeah, if that don't happen. You fail. Yeah. If if you if you gotta give me the story about yo, but this for my grandmother. She does. Uh, you know, she always used to have me on the porch. That's why I call it so on the porch song. It's shit. Yeah, it killing. <laughs> the grandma was sick. She's turning over in her grave. That's
0: it. Yeah, so- you should you should be able to get your message across without
2: bro the, the song to... is a message right <laughs> exactly. you need a message on top of the message
0: <laughs> you don't need cliff notes for a track for a three no fuck?
2: <laughs> so i need you so every time this song is played i yeah. need you there that's yeah. Bullshit.
0: yeah
2: every time it come on you magically pop up
1: yeah hello
2: The yeah. song is hot and yeah. you disappear no bro that's yeah. not it yeah so at the end of the day i, I just feel like i want to be a part of people who value music. That's why this microwave shit is cool. And, and in the studio today, we were talking about fe- you know, features and how it was perverted, not only by the crews, but by the labels, mm-hmm. because we all in the studio, everybody. What I don't like is if, if you making songs and they crap, right, and we, we record at the same studio, and you hear my joint, and I go, what you think of this joint, and you mm-hmm. go, that's fire. Let me get a verse. I'm going to have a fucking problem with you and your whole squad. Yeah. Because you saying to me, you worked your ass off. Let me ride. Yeah. Okay. I so, gotcha. no. Otherwise, you got the label who be like, this song is nice. We need to now call up um, little baby and put him on it. Then it's going to be fire. Mm-hmm. Did you just told me my song is shit. Is that what you just told me? Yeah. My song is only going to be valid because Little Baby's on it. Shout out yeah. to Little Baby. He's fire.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? But I don't need you to make my song. Mm-hmm. And if I need you to make my song and go back to your successful career, when you're not on my song, I'm not going to have what you have, which is a successful career. Because one song, a career does not make. The fans are not dumb. They're going to play that one song. But when your name come up again, they're going to be like, is Little Baby on it?
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I call it the uh, I call it the DJ Khaled effect, where you're just looking at all the features to see who on album. Um, <clears> yeah, so.
2: that, listen, you're not gonna get you are gonna get features for me. They might yeah. be nobody, they may be somebody, but there's a purpose. I did not say, yo, you here, you want you want to get on this? I'm tired of it. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Not- mm-hmm.
2: You gonna you gonna get on a song because it needed you to be on this song. Mm-hmm. No one could pull this off. You Buster Rhymes, only you could do this. Mm-hmm. You Chris Brown, only you could do this. You, it's not a lot of people who's they self, right? You little mm-hmm. Uzi Bird, mm-hmm. only you could do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's
2: very hard. You the baby, the baby, only you could do this. Yeah. You big in the stallion, only you can do this. Like when I hear you, I think of a signature flow. I want that on this. Mm-hmm. It's that that called you out? But it's so.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But if. Ron Duwala is sitting in the room with me and Ron do want to get on a song. Listen, Ron do, put me on your head. I got a legacy. You're not there. And I'm not going, I'm not about to give you a free ride. I'm sorry to cause for catch the next niggas that want to, they got an open seat. It's not
0: Absolutely. There. Absolutely. So right. how, how do you feel about the MCs doing the third verse? Because I know that's been a topic too, whereas I'm hearing it's too many verses on there. The song's too long. Are you still, if I got something to say, I'm going to say it. You know what I'm saying?
2: think you've gathered from this conversation that no one tells me what song to make.
0: <laughs> i
1: will
2: tell you something. Somebody told me, yo, bro, they're only doing two verses now. I said, I'm happy because I'm tired of writing three verses. Yeah. But I also am tired of rewinding my shit every time your song go off.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I like the song, but it didn't even happen yet. I'm like, I get to the chorus, I'm like, uh, and that's it. I'm like, wait, you didn't even give me a fake vamp, a bridge, you didn't talk (laughs) out nothing. Yeah. So, 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 to directly answer your question, I feel like a what the song calls for is what the song calls for.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm listening to people album now and they giving you five minutes. Mm-hmm. They giving you six minutes, like Dougie Fresh. They're gonna give you what they want to give you because that's what it is. Listen, you don't never gotta listen to my shit. Mm-hmm. But the people that's gonna fuck with this, they're gonna fuck with it hard. Mm-hmm. Cause I made the listen, I'm trying to work for your money. Yeah, I'm not gonna make songs and tell you it's a breeze, I could do whatever. Now, now give me the bag because. I doodled all over this song and said, You're gonna eat whatever I put out. That's not yeah. what, that's not what I'm gonna do. That's that's not what I'm gonna do. So again, to be direct, no one's gonna tell me or any other artist that's a real artist how many <laughs> verses I still got some shit to say. The bitch didn't get killed. In the second verse, because yeah. she only gets killed in the third verse. Because in the second verse, she had an abortion. Her mother found out about the abortion. She her mother told her not to fuck with the dude. She fucked with the dude anyway. They couldn't find her for three weeks. And in the third verse, yeah, <laughs> she gets killed.
0: Yeah, it's called by the nigga. it's called it's telling the story. story. It's telling the story. <laughs>
2: yo, what movie theater you go to? And you're like, yo, 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 Spielberg, Spielberg. This shit's supposed to end an hour ago. <laughs> Come on, bro we mm-hmm. give it, listen, social media and gave people too much control over art, and that's a motherfucking fact. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you may not have, like the person who plays such and such in a movie. We always felt like that. But mm-hmm. since when they tell you who the cast is, and you on your phone, like, I don't like them. They're Asian. Take mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. And the director goes back and be like, You fired. We need somebody black. They said it.
0: Yeah, too much backlash. We got to get this money. <laughs>
2: nah, bro. Listen, if the shit is fire, it's going to be fire. And those people who are colorists or who got issues and only want to see people that look like them in the movie, if the movie is not about black power mm-hmm. and the movie is about a range of demographics and skin types and skin colors being in a movie, mm-hmm. and you're fucking mad that I didn't fit We Are the World into this, but only with black people mm-hmm. and it don't look like a slave ship, go to fuck somewhere else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They
2: got absolutely. movies for you. This is a yeah. saying-
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So let, let's talk about the quick, rock, the quick, the quick cook, cook the new cookup you got before we get out of here, man. I, I hinted too early in the show that uh, Keep It Secret, we played that a couple of weeks and instantly I got a, fee, a feedback like, yo, that's pudgy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then it got good feedback, man. So that's the new. I know you're going for, um you're making your return back, you know, what I'm saying making music. Um, congratulations on that. How's, how's that been feeling for you? Kind of getting the creative juices flowing and, and, and putting that art out there.
2: So, first of all, shout out to anyone who rock with keep it because I think that's a, a real situation. And you know, let me let me get him some background. It came from a real situation, but it was not my situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I was watching this female tell my man that um nobody need to know, like almost mm-hmm. like telling him he's not valid. Mm-hmm. And in the real world, he was valid. Like chicks was on his body, everybody, all dudes think of him as a lit dude. And then this one chick come along, and she like. Nah, I don't really want nobody to really know. But you could pick me up at twelve in the brand new blah 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 that you pushing, mm-hmm. and um, I'm trying not to blow them up. Yeah, in the brand new blah <laughs> blah, blah blah that you pushing that costs close to half a million dollars. You could take me to the Litter's crib, You could get me flued out <laughs> everywhere. We'll be um, you can and make sure I get bags when I'm flued out. <laughs> I'm I'm like a city girl. She yeah. was talking to this dude like he was and. You know, when you watch the devolution of somebody, you like, I watch you make yourself fire. Mm-hmm. Like, you bust your ass to be this person. Mm-hmm. And you let this one person who's... Listen, I don't have a thing with... I don't have a problem with surgery, fake bodies. But you let this person who is a building bed tell you you're not lit. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be a secret for her. And he was so rocked by my conversation that he definitely... Transform back into who he was, you know what I'm saying? Mm, that's mm. why in the song, I'm like, I don't want to be a secret. I want everyone to see this. Yes. I want to show a love we could, they could believe in, you know what I'm saying? And if that's not it, how you going to tell me I'm not enough to, for you to rock with in the real world? Then yeah. you should be rocking with me. Absolutely. So you want the benefit. So starting there, um, it helped me to feel like there are other stories that need to be told. They don't all necessarily have to be mine. They don't all have to be told. In a hip-hop cadence, because I'm rhyming and singing on that song. Mm. And I think that this new project, I get to explore talents that I didn't know I had, because I never sang. I taught myself how to sing, and um, people are like, oh, John Legend, Chris Brown. I'm like, No, I never sang in church. Yeah, everybody thinks I sang in church, but it just showed you the level mm. of, again, passion and commitment that an artist can have, and can create a space that their talent exists in without someone telling them your growth stops here. Yeah. I don't want my growth to stop here because you tell me this where you live, you can't come outside of these four blocks. Yeah. you're gonna get shot. So um keep a secret and, and the monsters and heroes project, and the and the project I'm working on with cover from Clean and Dirty and Umbrella Studios. That's gonna be a hip-hop album. Yeah. I I I'm kind of I'm kind of in love with music all again because in love with music all all over again because of the exploration that I get to take because I get to challenge myself to do something new. Yeah. I call the hamster on the wheel when you do what you know. Oh, you do that real well, little slave. Go over there and pick cotton the same way again. I don't want to be that person.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want
2: you to tell me what I do. I don't I want God to show me I can do more all the time. Yeah. And even when I didn't know it. I'm blown away by myself. Like, oh, you could do that? Mm -hmm. Then that means the next thing you challenge yourself to, you can do that. So to answer your question directly again, I feel inspired and I feel inspired for other people who don't believe that they can add more artistry to their art form or to their history or to their practices that are already in play. I feel like if you want to go add some more to your repertoire, you could do that. Because you want to do that, yeah. No one knows what you're capable of, not even you. Sometimes, yeah. God so gave you the wherewithal to turn anything that's in your mind into something that can be absolutely.
0: absolutely. What do they say? We use only like two percent of our brain, so why absolutely. not? Why not open up the rest to try to open up the rest of that ninety-eight? while you still are at a point two? Mm-hmm. But yes. Definitely, definitely, man. Well, I tell you what, brother. Um, when a new project drops, man, we do this thing called the mixtape show listening sessions. We do a live listen of some of the tracks, and I would love to bring you back for that, so we can we can have the people listen and and chat on our stream, live stream, and everything, and just kind of give their opinions and let 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 your art out to the world, and let's let's do that live on the radio, man. How about how about that?
2: My answer is my name is Pudgy the Fat Bastard, and I'm rocking on a mixtape show with my man Kawan Jenkins. And if you ain't here, where the fuck are you?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. I definitely...
2: oh, oh, two more things.
1: Go for it. Yeah. Go you get got
2: this part? Tupac book. I'm in this book. I keep forgetting. Yeah. This book called Changes. I'm in it on like five, six pages by nice. my man Sheldon Pierce. And I ain't been saying that. So you're the first place that i don't let people know this exists at. It's called Changes An Oral History of Tupac Secure by Sheldon Pierce. And um, the book is fire. It has a lot of testimony by a lot of his friends, including myself. And he, he Sheldon really went above and beyond touching the hip hop community and I think bringing their words to this book in a true way. Nice. Also, I am in this book <laughs> called I Am Relentless by Stax Cordero. Yes. Stax Cordero. There we go. She fire. She's an MC playwright. Yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I just want y'all to know I am in history, and I am immortalized in ways y'all ain't like made it to yet. He
0: he's a legend.
2: Y'all could get there, though. He's a legend.
0: That's why he's starting off season two of the Mixtape Show Interviews with Legends, man. I definitely appreciate your time. And, um, man, if, if like I said, if anything you got going on, brother, if you got anybody from the team who got to promote, man, definitely reach out, brother, and we'll definitely open up the doors. And um, I, I appreciate your time for this, man. Definitely. It's a treat.
2: Kiana the goddess for getting me
0: here. thank shout you. Shout out to Kiana, yeah, we're definitely gonna do some more work and connect and um, the doors are always open for anybody from her team, man, They're definitely, definitely, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, Anybody want? Anybody else you want to shout out before we get out of here?
2: Uh, yeah, man, Um, Ella, you know, Nicasio Martinez, DJ Tech One, Sweet Tea, I, I got a single coming out with Sweet Tea called Don't Play With It right now, it's gonna be dropping probably early January. Um. I'm working with Essence. She's a female from Queen. Not the Essence that passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow her, Essence Official. You can follow Sweet Tea at SweetTDMC. I'm working with Pyrex Platt, MC from Yonkers. And I, I really think y'all gonna be surprised at, at just what we bring forward. And shout out to my man Push Proper and Nova Nova Price, because I'm working on those projects and I, I really believe that uh, the hip-hop world gonna be surprised. Definitely. And you can follow me at Pudgy the Fat Bastard, everywhere, P-U-D-G-E-E-T-H-A-P-H-A-T-B-A-S-T-A-R-D. It is Pudgy the Fat Bastard. And on Twitter, I'm Pudgy the Fat. I got my, my Pudgy the Fat Bastard website dropping in a month. Please check that out. Follow me for all the updates, new videos, new music,
0: new merch. Here we go. Oh, you got the merch. I'm going to definitely check that out, man. Well, I, I appreciate your time, brother. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, it's been fun talking to you, man. I thank you for your time. I know um time is a currency. Everybody has the same 24 hours, man. So the fact that you spent the last hour here with me, man, it, it means a lot to me. And I definitely appreciate that.
2: No, nah, I thank you for letting me further cement myself. It has to be, bro. You know, you know, again, you don't know what you're doing right now, but you're doing something
0: There. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we're going to stay connected. We're going to keep playing the records on the show. I got the music loaded up to the station, Kawan J Radio, getting them spins. And um, keep bringing the music, brother. And we still we got you, man. All right.
2: Appreciate you, bro. All right. We'll be right back. All right.